Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 1 Kings chapter 21 from the World English Bible. After these things, Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel next to the palace of Ahab king of Samaria. Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near my house, and I will give you for it a better vineyard than it. Or, if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth in money. Naboth said to Ahab, May Yahweh forbid me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. Ahab came into his house, sullen and angry, because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. He laid himself down on his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. But Jezebel his wife came to him and said to him, Why is your spirit so sad that you eat no bread? He said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, or else if it pleases you, I will give you another vineyard for it. He answered, I will not give you my vineyard. Jezebel his wife said to him, Do you now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread and let your heart be merry. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters to the elders and to the nobles who were in his city, who lived with Naboth. She wrote in the letters, saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. Set two men, wicked fellows, before him, and let them testify against him, saying, You cursed God and the king. Then carry him out and stone him to death. The men of his city, even the elders and the nobles who lived in his city, did as Jezebel had instructed them in the letters which she had written and sent to them. They proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. The two men, the wicked fellows, came in and sat before him. The wicked fellows testified against him, even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth cursed God and the king. Then they carried him out of the city and stoned him to death with stones. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. When Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive but dead. When Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. Yahweh's word came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who dwells in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone down to take possession of it. You shall speak to him, saying, Yahweh says, Have you killed and also taken possession? 
you shall speak to him, saying, Yahweh says, In the place where the dogs licked the blood of Naboth, dogs will lick your blood, even yours. Ahab said to Elijah, Have you found me, my enemy? He answered, I have found you, because you have sold yourself to do that which is evil in Yahweh's sight. Behold, I will bring evil on you and will utterly sweep you away and will cut off from Ahab everyone who urinates against a wall and him who is shut up and him who is left at large in Israel. I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, the son of Ahijah, for the provocation with which you have provoked me to anger and have made Israel to sin. Yahweh also spoke of Jezebel, saying, The dogs will eat Jezebel by the rampart of Jezreel. The dogs will eat he who dies of Ahab in the city, and the birds of the sky will eat he who dies in the field. But there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, whom Jezebel his wife stirred up. He did very abominably in following idols according to all that the Amorites did, whom Yahweh cast out before the children of Israel. When Ahab heard those words, he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went softly. Yahweh's word came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, See how Ahab humbles himself before me? Because he humbles himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but I will bring the evil on his house in his son's day. That is the end of chapter 21. King Ahab's request might seem innocuous at first, but Naboth's answer shows that it is another level of disregard for Yahweh's inheritance among all the people in the land there. We don't know if Naboth was following Yahweh with his heart, but he was at least correct in this. Then instead of respecting Naboth's right perspective and claim, King Ahab goes to mope. He's acting like a spoiled bratty child. And you have to ask yourself what good it would do for a king to mope. He's supposed to be the highest power in the land, right? And also, no one mopes unless they think someone is going to notice. Despair or heartache is one thing, but sullenness and or moping are begging for attention. And we quickly get our answer. He knows that Jezebel is willing to do his dirty work for him. Her chiding to him is both appropriate and twisted. He is king. He should govern. But he should govern justly, not just to get what he wants. So on one hand, he seems to have the perspective as king that he can't take the vineyard, but he has to also have an inkling of what Jezebel is willing to do. She has not hidden her methods. Recall killing all of Yahweh's prophets that she could find. If she doesn't hesitate to kill a prophet of God, she won't have any qualms about killing an everyday person. And then we see that Jezebel freely acts for King Ahab. She wouldn't have his seal, however, unless he let her. But no one is fooled. The elders and the nobles will send her the news that things are carried out. The accusation that Jezebel arranges is strange in that Naboth is said to have cursed God with a big G, God. I looked in several other translations, and they all say it that way. So when it is convenient to her wicked purposes, Jezebel uses the name of God. She killed, basically, in the name of Yahweh, based on a lie, to satisfy a shallow worldly desire. 
2 Kings chapter 9, verse 26 indicates that she also killed his sons who might have had claim to the land. King Ahab's cool, unruffled, unsurprised response is just mind-boggling. He just casually walks over to the land like it's no big deal. He doesn't even say, oh, that's too bad he died, but it works out for me. No, his response is more like a crime boss, which is exactly how Yahweh sees it and how he sends Elijah to explain it right there in the field. And then when King Ahab greets Elijah as his enemy, Elijah is only his enemy when King Ahab is fighting against Yahweh. So Yahweh holds King Ahab completely responsible. He tells Elijah to be very exact about the charges. He says, King Ahab has killed and taken possession. The sentence from our supreme, heavenly, perfect judge is brutal. It matches what was done to Naboth. And if Jezebel wanted to stand out as a queen, she got that and more. Out of all the wicked kings, no queen of theirs was singled out for judgment like this. Not even Eve got judged like this. Verse 25 highlights that up until then, no king had sold himself to do such evil in Yahweh's sight. This idea of selling oneself is similar to the idea of being a slave to sin. And while King Ahab is totally responsible, Jezebel gets special mention as being a horrible influence. Who you marry matters. This description is what makes God's response to King Ahab's humility so dramatic. Another example of this is King Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, and this is chronicled in 2 Chronicles chapter 33. King Ahab's humility was apparently from the heart because God would know. God called out other people for being religious in only outward show, such as the Pharisees. And so the initial judgment was moderated. Now, King Ahab's humility may not have lasted. He lacks backbone, but he was humble at the time, and God rewards a contrite heart. See Psalm 51.17 and Isaiah 57.15. We see time and time again that if people show the slightest sign of turning to God, he welcomes them. See the prodigal son parable. And lastly, I want to talk a bit about the prophecy in verse 19 about the dogs licking Ahab's blood, and I will refer to David Gusick's comments on the Blue Letter Bible Commentary. He makes the point that, first of all, God made it obvious that he was moderating the judgment, so for this to not be fulfilled exactly should not be any surprise at this point. But also, he points out that King Ahab's son, Joram, did get this happen to him, as it talks about in 2 Kings chapter 9, verses 24 through 26. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 